Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of One for All, the show where we rewatch and review the anime My Hero Academia. As always, I'm your host, Annabeth, and I am here with our other wonderful co-host, Nancy. Now, this week, we are going to talk about an episode I don't remember that much. Yes, I remember that this episode, and the next episode, too, actually, is a lot of set up for season four. And I know that we get to meet some characters that are important, but I don't remember all the specifics. There's two episodes here at the end of the season, which are very much, as Nancy mentioned, set up episodes. And we do get to meet some new interesting characters, but I don't know if it's this time or next time. Or next time. time. Like maybe we meet them at the end of this episode and they're more on next time. Like, I don't remember. I, you Didn't you just recently rewatch this? Yeah, but I mean, I rewatched, what is it? Many seasons. I watched, well, episode nine you just aired today yeah. so 9089 i watched 88 episodes of mha in a period of a week and a half or something like that that's intense so yeah i don't remember where things happened but the episode in question that we will be talking about today is season three episode 24 a season four encounters now today marks the first day that anna is counting calories so that makes it not the best day in my opinion but we are recording this on my mega monitor it's very long. It's like a, basically, it's like a TV. It is a 49-inch curved monitor because I got a laptop and I didn't want to fight with setting up multiple monitors, so I just bought one that was big enough for all the real estate. It's pretty impressive. It's a little intimidating, I'm not going to lie. It really helps with editing because I can see so much of the podcast at once. Mm-hmm. But other than my calorie counting on this fine Saturday, how are you? I'm doing just fine. Tomorrow is Easter. So getting ready for all the all the Easter you can celebrate during a pandemic. But things are getting better. My parents are in the process of getting vaccinated. Both of them have had their first dose and should be having their second dose soon. And they just changed the dates here in Maine for when we can get vaccinated. We can get vaccinated starting on Thursday of this week. Or at the very least, start to look for setting up an appointment. So it feels like with every week, everything gets pushed up a little more, which is kind of nice. Yeah, I can't wait. I mean, I'm not looking forward to whatever side effects come with getting a vaccine, which is common for any sort of shot like that. Yeah. But I will be glad to have it and just have that worry off of my mind. I agree. And then maybe someday we can go back to the movies. The movies. Black Widow. So I want to see movies. You can't see it, but Nancy and I are looking like wistfully uh. into the future at the moment. <laughs> but anyways, we're going to jump into this episode. We're going to go watch it. And we're going to come back and tell you how it was. And whether or not we met those brand new smiling faces. We'll see you soon. And we are back. This episode had lots of surprises that I did not remember. Yeah, I forgot the first half of this episode. Well, not entirely, because once it started playing, I'm like, oh, yes, it's this episode. But I... You know, it completely slipped my mind uh, beforehand. We actually start this episode with a character that we were unfamiliar with. Mm -hmm. We just see this random dude. Smoking. Smoking, looking out the window over his air conditioner. In his apartment. He's a little disheveled. And he's thinking about the world and the people. Going about their their daily lives. And in the meantime, he has like this weird voice echoing in his head. Over his own monologuing. Who disagrees who with Who disagrees him. with everything that he says. Yeah, it's very surreal. Yeah. In a way. And you're not really sure what's going on. Yeah, this the, is this part of the episode can be a little confusing, but there is some good information here. 
like the TV sh- turns on and there is the newscasters and they're talking about All Might and how things are changing as a result of him not being the number one hero anymore and how now there's a new number one hero, Endeavor, but not everyone likes him. The people are uneasy because if they try to compare him to All Might, there's just no comparison, yeah. which is unfortunate in yeah. a lot of ways, but some of that's earned too. Mm-hmm. Like he's Endeavor is very powerful and such, but he definitely ha- does not have the charisma and the warmth that you get from All Might. And also, he doesn't even have the power level. Like, just All Might is just on a completely different level. Yep, and the guy who's talking on the news is talking about how there have been several instances where Endeavor's temper has caused him to go overboard. Yeah. Which we could have surmised, but we've ne- we haven't really seen that too much in practice. I think we saw it a little bit when the gnome was attacked during the stain arc. Mm-hmm. Like, we watched him grab that Nomo's head and, like... Burn it the fuck off. (laughs) Yeah. That was hardcore. Yeah. uh, Extremely. Yeah. Speaking of things being hardcore, like, we continue to get this sort of narration in this new character's head where he thinks to himself, you know, heroes are all about heart, but the guy in his head goes to know they're all about power, which to me indicates that whatever is inside of his head, it's a slightly darker force. Yeah, absolutely. And this dude has some stuff to go about in his day. So he gets dressed and he heads out and he talks about All Might and how All Might used to say, I am here. And Mm -hmm. how for regular folks, that was like this great blessing. But for everyone else, it was a curse. Like if you were a villain or someone who didn't fall into the normal route of society, like hearing those words, like struck terror into your heart because... Good Lord, nobody wanted to fight with All Might. And speaking of villains, we see that effect right here. We see some guy stealing... What is he stealing from this store? The cash register, but he took the whole The whole thing. It's like huge. Um, So we see this villain, you know, burst out of a store. And, you know, the guy who worked at the store calls for a hero to come and take care of this. Hello. And a hero does arrive and he hits him. He hits the villain with like what? He doesn't hit him with anything. Oh, that's true. He basically says like, how brazen can you be stealing something in the middle of the day? But this gentleman who we've been following Mm -hmm. in the beginning of this episode points out that the world isn't the way that it was. And now that All Might's gone, now that the curse is gone, Mm -hmm. these people have started teaming up. Yes. To, you know, um, do crime mm-hmm. and villainy. And this little team of villains emerges, knocks the hero out. And yeah, the all, hero gets hit. The hero the gets head. hit, yep. Um, and they're able to get away as a result of it. They call themselves the Reservoir Dogs. And in this moment, I knew that things were not going to go well. No, not at all. And then our, so far, mysterious, nameless, who is this guy? You know, regular nobody. Gets a phone call from... Giran? Giran? Giran. The shifty guy who works with the League of Villains. And you're like, why is he calling him? Yep. And they're talking about regular stuff. Like, how's business? What do you want? Evidently, business has been really good. Yeah, he spoke, he, Giran speaks about how, you know, ever since All Might fell, basically, or All Might had to step aside, that it's been great for black market items. And he also asks, basically, hey, where's Dobby? And I'm like, why does this guy know who Dobby is? The the inner monologue talk of this character we've been following is really interesting here because he, he says out loud, I don't know. And then mm-hmm. inside his head, he says, I know. Yes. So really interesting. But as this conversation continues, 
this mysterious character falls more and more into his own head to the point where he's kind of falling apart. Oh, yeah. He starts to freak out. Um, and he says that basically he needs to turn, cover himself up as a way to turn two into one. And he puts on a mask and it's twice his mask. Which makes sense mm-hmm. now that we, we know who it is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it seems like he has a divergent personality Mm -hmm. and he only is whole like with one thought process when he's covered when his whole body is covered yeah i think he says something in this episode like i'm gonna split apart like before he puts the mask on so i think there's a fear that he will create a duplicate of himself at a point if that voice gets too loud and we know that that's you know his thing is creating doubles and we even get a bit of a, re- a quick reflection here where he talks about like being younger and his quirk not it being sort of like a fun thing. But then as he got older, he kept on making all of these clones himself and more and more clones. And eventually the clones turned against each other and they all argued over who was the real original version of himself. And it looks like it got kind of bloody from there. Yeah, the the clones, or not the clones, who knows, mm-hmm. killed each other trying yeah. to figure out who should be in charge. And it looks like, based off of a scar he has on his head, that he got stabbed in the head. Yeah. So he looks like he, it looks like he is the only one left, but he's not entirely sure if he is the original. Yeah, which is interesting because the clones turned to mud. So you would think that mm-hmm. there's an easy way to know yeah. after a certain amount of damage, but... Clearly, he doesn't know, yeah. and he lives in this reality where he's never really sure if he's real or not. And we get sort of back to the, the present day now, out of these flashbacks, where he thinks about like people like the League of Villains, and we view them, you know, from the perspective of you know Deku and All Might, and we see all like the terrible things that they do, but we learn that from Twice's perspective, at least. It's a way for people that don't fit in to find a group that will accept them no matter what. Um, and we've seen that. Yeah, like seen in that. practice, like the league does terrible things, mm-hmm. but the camaraderie between their number is very strong. Yeah. Like they are a team. Um, just as much as a hero team would be there. They are, they work together. They are a team. They're, and they're looking for new members. And they're looking for new members. So we see twice sort of, you know, turn a corner and come across some future characters from season four. And, but not the characters I was thinking about. Yeah. It seems that our little heist from earlier got bloody. Mm-hmm. The getaway car has been crashed and they're all dead. And there is a different gang on the scene with mm-hmm. these beak masks. Yeah, they're plague masks, which is uh, appropriate during a pandemic. And, you know, there are like this whole group of these people. There's clearly one guy who is a leader, though, and he's called Overhaul by one of his followers. Yep, subordinates, followers, gang members. We don't really know the deal quite yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's basically like, what a bunch of losers. You got a bunch of adults with superpowers t- together and you stooped to petty crime. Mm-hmm. Like... Have some bigger goals. Which says a lot, I feel like. I mean, we don't know at this point. I guess it is a little bit of a spoiler that he's going to be a big deal in season four. But I think it's pretty obvious they're setting him up to be someone bigger. I mean, he says it right there that, you know, that he's above, you know, these sort of petty crimes. And he has a larger, uh, a, a broader perspective. He has larger things that he's going to be going for, which will make be very difficult for Deku and our heroes. At a later time. It seems like Twice would really like to go talk to these people. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Dobby is also looking to recruit people. 
He's in an alleyway talking to some petty thugs who really are petty thugs. Yep. And they tell him he looks ugly because he's got those burns and he murders them. He murders them with fire, which is pretty dark. He's like, I don't need low-life scum like you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's not even its not even subtle. He no. fills the alley with burning hot flames and leaves their scorched corpses in the alley. So if you needed a reminder that, yeah, League of Villains, they're all buddies, but they do do some pretty fucked up things. Yep. It ain't great, for sure. I think it's interesting, We, we when we leave twice, one of the last things he thinks about, like, with everything changing, one of the most important things to know nowadays is who you are, which is very interesting, I feel like, given his conflicted backstory. Agreed. We take a departure from the villains to check in on our young heroes back at UA, where Deku, sweet Deku, is, is pumping under, iron. Is pumping iron <laughs> yeah. and is under house arrest. Yes. He's thinking a lot about, you know, the injury in his arm and how he is good about sort of keeping that under control, but when he gets emotional, it becomes more difficult. And so he should really continue to focus on his shoot style at the legs that he that he normally does now. So it's mostly recap in this moment. And you see the larger weights that he is lifting. Yeah, uh, he is much more buff than he was in season one, mm-hmm. for sure. He was such a scrawny kid. Oh, yeah. Now he's like swole. He's like... Definitely. Ugh. Very, very buff young teenager, man. And yeah, they're still under house arrest. They are cleaning because they're yep. required to clean. But the rest of the class still has school. Yep. So they head off to school and they're going to some sort of an outdoor assembly. And But before they can... They get cornered by our least favorite member of Class B, Manoma. Fucking Manoma. Who's like all, hey, I heard that two of your members failed. Guess how many of our members Guess how many of our members failed the licensing exam? None of them. We all passed. We're better than you. We're better than you now. And also, remember that guy? The guy from the fight in season two with with Deku who could control people's minds. He's swole now too. Yeah, he's super buff. And then they have this sort of like interesting tidbit of information about how later on in the semester, class A and class B, they're going to be doing stuff together, which you think would be set up for season four, but no, it's set up for season five uh, as we're finding out now. So don't get too attached to that idea. We did meet another one of their members who's like an exchange student mm-hmm. who has horns and horns. is very cute. Yes. And doesn't know the language well. And renoma has been teaching her phrases, evidently. Yeah, which in all honesty, I remember like in high school, we had some exchange students. I think they were from Brazil. And I do distinctly remember classmates uh, from our school and the Brazilian students teaching each other. Very naughty things. So that sounds, <laughs> that's it sounds accurate. Right. Yeah. Kendo has to go beat up Manoma and be like, don't teach her sketchy shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we go to this assembly where our one way mouse principal, before diving into, you know, current day events, he wants to let you know about the importance of keeping your fur in good condition. Yep. And how you need to sleep and, and so on and so forth. And you can see people in the audience kind of like drifting off and stuff like that. This is a really important, like, two minutes of episode. Because... Because mm-hmm. it, it's really important to keep your fur in, in good shape. It is. <laughs> it very much is. Because the, the actual point of this little assembly is to remind people that All Might's gone. Yeah. And things are changing in society very fast. And he hopes that all of them can take their roles seriously as they look to use their provisional licenses in a more active way. Yeah, he mentions something that we don't get huge depth about at this moment but 
work studies, which is usually something that only the older students get to do, but now the first year students will get to do as well. The work studies. And everyone's like, what's a work study? What's a work study? Nobody really knows. We do also get some sort of uh, flashbacks from All Might, too, around this, where he remembers talking to the principal. It looks like right around the time he became a teacher, or right before he became a teacher, about the idea of looking for a successor and the Nezu principal saying, you know, this is the best place where you could potentially find a successor. So we know this is pre-Deku. And as we break out of this flashback, we see the camera pan over to a student that we've never seen before. I remember when we watched this for the first time, like, he's blonde and he's tall and he looks a lot like All Might. And we're like, what the fuck? Secret love child! (laughs) That's what, I feel like that is what, 50% of like crazy fan theories are when it comes to the show sometimes is who is secretly related to who who boinked yeah (laughs) to create this child but we don't hover on him for very long Mm -hmm. so back at the podium we get a very wolf-like teacher uh uh, jump up and talk about well he tries to talk but he doesn't really succeed (laughs) No, he can't get through what he's trying to say and howls a bunch. And then Vlad has to come up and be like, what he means is there were two students fighting last night. Please conduct yourselves in a more appropriate manner. Uh, and we sort of get Momo reflecting on how Deku and Bakugo are like problem children or something like that. And I guess from her perspective, they are. Yeah, and it's... Really funny because back in class, everybody has questions about the work studies. Mm-hmm. And Ochako is like, why did I work so hard in the sports festival if we were just going to be able to do these work studies? Mm-hmm. And we get an explanation from Eraserhead that they're a little different than the internships. They're like the internships, but they're longer and also they're a little more real. Yeah, you can do more because you have your license. Yes. And they use connections that you build with um, your internships yeah. to find places to put you. Because life, if anything, is all about networking. So the connections that you made in your internships will help you during work studies and so on and so forth. So it, it did still matter, even if it may seem a little frustrating to Ochako in the moment. Now, Eraserhead specifically points out that normally... This is only stuff the older kids do because it can be dangerous. Yes. And so they're like, we're really heavily considering whether or not we think it's appropriate for the first years to do this. Which to me, it says a lot. Because you think about all the crazy dangerous things they've had these kids do in the past three seasons. So the fact that they're like, hmm, this may be a bit much, I think should say about a lot about the danger they're about to face. Yeah, and how much scrutiny. Yeah. There is on the institution right now. Because mm-hmm. we know that they are deep in the shit for everything that has happened this season. But that's pretty much all he is trying to explain. Because present Mike is here to teach English. Ta-da! Which every now and then I remember, oh yeah, this is like a regular school. They still have to learn like math and stuff like that. But I can only imagine how ridiculous present Mike is as a teacher. Especially teaching English. So... Back at the dorms, Mineta is teasing Bakugo about poor cleaning. Like, there's dust on this windowsill. Come on, Bakugo, it's your punishment. You're supposed to be, you know, all, you know, super cleaning right now. 
Uh, and Bakugo then turns his rage on Deku for not cleaning that well enough. Not cleaning properly. Deku wants to know all about the work studies that everybody is talking about in the dorms. But as Tanya tells him, they have been for- forbidden to yes. tell Deku anything. And Deku feels like, oh my god, I've only been punished for like a day and I'm already falling behind. He's very stressed about this. Yep. And he goes to run and take the trash out. Uh, and a face pops out of the wall. Yes. Uh, in a very... I, I don't want to say creepy because that makes it sound like weird. But it's a little unnerving just to look and see a face there suddenly. Yeah, and the way the face is drawn, you just get two big mm-hmm. blue eyes. It's not like a traditional like eye yep. drawing, which is interesting. He seems very jolly. He looks like Tintin. He looks like, like Tintin. from, if you've ever seen those old Tintin cartoons or the comic books. Or the movie. Um, or the movie that came out a few years ago. So less old in that case. <laughs> More um, than a few years ago. More than a few years ago. So basically, if you're familiar with like the classic French character Tintin in... His sometimes racially racially questionable comics. He looks like him. Yep. Uh, he just basically tells Deku that he can put some of that stuff like in the recycling mm-hmm. and like the rest in like a trash place. He's giving him helpful advice from a wall. And Deku is freaked the fuck out. And then he's gone. Yep. And then he's back. Yep. In the ground. In the ground. And he's laughing about it. Deku is so freaked out. Um, he's but like, he- but don't worry. You'll meet me soon enough. You'll meet me soon enough. Just I just wanted to take a peek. He's like, people have been talking about you, so I came to see what's up. That's not creepy at all. Very unnerving, like I said. And we do meet him soon. Yeah, we go back to, uh, I think, class the next the, day. The next day. Deku's out of and house Deku arrest. And Deku is out of house arrest, and he's apologizing to everyone very profusely. He's already passed in his written apology. Um, he's very adorable in this scene. And no, eventually everyone sort of sits down and they learn that they are going to meet new students. Uh, well, new for them students. Um, and the door opens and we see, you know, Mr. I'm a face in a wall and two other students. And we learn that they are the big three of year three. So they're basically the top of their class. The top of their class. And that's pretty much where things end. That is the end of the episode. This is a very different kind of episode. Did you like it? Um, I feel like the two halves of this episode don't fit together very well. Like the first half of the episode is very sort of creepy and a little confusing at times, but also really interesting because it deals a lot with an outsider perspective. And then we go into like the school stuff and it's... um, like, there's still important stuff that goes on here, but there's also, like, wacky hijinks and stuff. And I'm okay with... I think that both have the episode, they work, but I feel like it feels like they're two completely different things. Um, so it's a little jarring to go from one to the other. Agreed. It was a little off-putting. I really liked the beginning of this episode, though. Mm-hmm. I really liked seeing things from the villain's perspectives. Like, mm-hmm. Twice's insight into the darker, shadier side of society was really fascinating. It is. Um, especially because there's always the question of, like, you know, there is sort of that instability there with him. So you wonder, like, how much of it you can trust. And about 50%. About 50%. And also just the fact that, um, I mean, one of the strengths of the show is... 
its characters and all the students and how great they are. And because we spend so much time with them, we're able to really get to know them over the years. But we also, it also means because we are so focused on the school, we don't really get to know what it's like for people outside of the school. And so it was interesting to sort of glance in that direction every now and then. The other thing that I think is really interesting about this front segment, even though we spend a lot of time talking to twice Mm -hmm. here, or spending time with twice, it also gives hints of the what we could call the rise of Dobby. Like Dobby mm-hmm. has always been a very prominent character yeah. in the League of Villains, but it seems like he's been given or is taking a more active role. Like the fact that Giron is calling looking for him mm-hmm. is very indicative of that. And I think this scene that we had in the alley and the just punks mm-hmm. who he was talking to. It definitely paints him in a much more villainous light than we've seen. Like, we always knew he was a bad dude, yeah, but he has. We haven't seen him murder anyone up to this point. Yeah. Like, before he was just. He was a formidable member of the League of Villains, but he was just a member of the League of Villains. And this sort of forces you to look at him potentially sort of standing on his own, which is very interesting. Or as Shigaraki's right hand, like the yeah. person he sends out to do things or to talk with mm-hmm. the. Smuggler guy. Shigaraki's right hand. So many hands. So many hands. Ah, okay, anyways. So much lesser value. Yeah. You're one of 20 hands. Oh, God. But the right one. Anyways, so I think it's a decent episode. I think it is uh, a little jarring, though, at times. Yeah, the you could totally tell, too, in the second half of the episode where they're just like, okay, where's the checkboxes? Who needs to show up in yeah. this episode? Like, what do we need to do? And, like, there are certain scenes, like, Deku reflecting on his injuries and stuff like that when he's pumping iron, where you're like, I think this is just padding for time. Um, because they know they need to sort of fill so many minutes of episodes before they get to the end of the season, and they want things to end on that cliffhanger um with the reveal of the big three so i it's not the strongest episode but i don't think it's bad it's not pool funsies it's not pool funsies or whatever that meaning of love episode was oh my god yeah. that was such a bad that was such a bad episode let's not think about it mm-hmm. who gets your plus ultra character of the week this week is it anyone oh my god yeah who would be the plus ultra character of the week because no one really goes beyond that's not the point of this episode could i give a, a best surprise for the twice reveal when he puts on the mask because yes. that was genuinely shocking the first time that i watched this i'm like oh my god it's twice <laughs> i think i think that's valid nobody yeah. gets a plus ultra character of the week but honorable mention to twice for surprising the crap out of us yeah good job twice and that's that's this episode for us mm-hmm. Next time, we are going to be back for the last episode of Season 3. Exciting. The very last. If you want to talk about this episode, that twice reveal, or anything that's coming coming, coming soon, like hints at the coming soon, you can do so on Twitter. We're at One For All Cast. You can also follow our projects as well on Twitter. I am at Incidentally Anna, and Nancy is at... Watch Nancy Tweet. Additionally, if you love the show, we'd love for you to give us a rating or review on your podcatcher of choice. We know not every place allows you to do that. We appreciate you if you you could or you can or you did. All of those things are valid. Thank you so much for supporting us. So if you like superhero content, and we know you do because... You listen to this podcast. I mean, you like MHA enough to listen to a podcast where two randos talk about it every week for 30 minutes. So clearly, there's some love there. 
with your superhero shows. But if you want some superhero fiction, I have written a superhero series called the Red and Black series. We have three books out now, and the fourth book, Past and Future, is coming out on the 26th of April. It's coming right up. It's coming right up, and I'm kind of freaking out about it. Buy it, please. I want to take a moment to thank everyone for listening. We do this show for you. We legitimately would not travel back and forth every weekend to record a podcast, edit it, and put it up if you didn't listen. So thank you to you. Uh, I also want to thank Richard DaCosta for our opening and ending credits. They're great and they're wonderful and we love them. He's a very talented composer. Uh, if you're ever in the market for some music. Music? Go, maybe for your podcast? For your podcast, go look him up. Uh, and additionally, of course, a very special thank you to my co-host Nancy, who made a trip to record this today, but also to see the cat. I really know who she's here to see. Everybody should thank our cat, Eleven. Tune in next time as we dive into Season 3, Episode 25, the last episode of the season, Unrivaled. We'll see you then. See you then.